0: All right, we are on episode 15. We're going through this story. We are going to start on 165. Um, this is a part where Brand is so mad at the other two boys. He's mad at Steve for ruining the cheesecake. Uh, it's all messed up. It's like bloody mashed potatoes. And he's mad at Topher for falling and hurting his ankle right as he was in his mind, gaining on George Nelson. George Nelson was the guy that they tried to get to buy the alcohol and it didn't work out. So they have nothing. They don't have the cheesecake. They don't have the wine. Uh, they missed their bus and brand. Uh, if you caught that, he was so angry. Let me pick up on page 165, but he said, um, he doesn't finish the thought. He just wipes his nose on his sleeve and repeats, "You don't understand," before turning and walking, and uh, walking away again. What about Miss Bixby? I call out to his back. What about Miss Bixby? I call again, even louder, but I get no answer. So you can tell that Brand is really emotional about this. This was all his plan. It was his idea that he started at recess, and the boys went along with it, but. There's something significant about Miss Bixby uh, that we don't quite know yet, but the story is starting to unfold. So let's pick up on 165 with uh, what happens next. About Miss Bixby. She always wanted to be a magician. She told me once. She told the whole class, in fact. We had just started reading The Hobbit and asked her who her favorite character was. She said, Are you kidding? Gandalf! Who else could it be? And then she told us the story of how her grandmother almost murdered her gerbil. She wanted to be a magician, but not just some street magician pulling cards from sleeves and making a little red ball disappear. She wanted to be a master illusionist, like Deep... David Copperfield or Lance Burton, the kind who just make anything vanish before your very eyes, people, buildings, you name it. As a kid, she pored over dog-eared magic books, checked out at the library. She kept a deck of cards in her backpack, put on nickel shows for her parents and friends, and dazzled the lunch ladies by pulling pennies out of their hair nets. Then one day she decided she was ready to try one of the classics, the pool a rabbit from a hat trick. She had an oversized top hat made of thin plastic and lined with black felt, a Christmas present that was much too big to fit on her head, but plenty large enough to tuck a rabbit into, complete with a false bottom good for stashing anything from color- colorful scarves to cottontails. What she didn't have was the rabbit. So she asked her parents. What she got was gerbils, two of them. She named them Siegfried and Roy. She practiced with them daily, stuffing them into the hat and waving her plastic wand, then reaching in and grabbing hold of two gerbils uh, to imaginary applause. When she felt she had the trick down, she invited her friends and family directed them to the living room, and charged them, each a quarter in mission. All was going well. She ran through her gamut of card and coin tricks and even managed to pull a ribbon out of, her mouth, out of her mother's nose. Then it was time for the grand finale. Twenty minutes before, she had done all the prep work, choosing Roy because he was the least jittery of the pair. She secretly hid him in the hat trick bottom complete with small holes for air and cushioned with extra black cloth so he couldn't just get jostled during the performance. Now when the crowd enthralled and her father videotaping, young Maggie Bixby pulled out her hat, quickly showed that there was nothing in it and reached inside, except, as she told our class, there was really nothing in it. In the time it had taken her to do three card tricks and pull a ribbon from her mom's nostril, Roy had chewed a hole through both the felt lining and the outer plastic shell. The moment she reached into the hat, Roy lurched himself from the table and belly flopped onto the carpet, where he proceeded to terrorize the audience, particularly Miss Bixby's grandmother, who shrieked, Rat! and then tried to stomp the life out of him. The young magician barely managed to save her furry assistant, throwing herself into the fray and grabbing him by his tail. It was, as she told the class, a disaster. She was devastated. Ten year old Maggie Bixby took one look into her father's camera and then ran to her room, hot tears on her cheeks. Roy was okay, though, right? Allison Snyder asked after Miss Bixby told the story. I mean, he didn't get hurt, did he? Roy was fine, Miss Bixby said, but she never tried the trick again. In fact, from that point on, she said she more or less gave up on her dream of becoming a professional magician. Then, in typical Bixby fashion, she asked us what the moral of the story was. A gerbil is not a rabbit? Rebecca Rodebosh guessed earning her a uh, true from Miss B. Don't save your best trick till the very end, Mason Foster offered. People shouldn't put anything pull anything out of other people's noses, Steve said, looking red right at Bran. But Bran had a different moral. There's no such thing as magic he said without even being called on. At this, Miss Bixby frowned. Maybe, she said, or maybe I should have tried harder. The moment you doubt whether you can fly, you cease forever to be able to do it. Miss B smiled at the class then, though... I had a feeling the smile was meant mostly for brand. Sometimes when Miss Bixby smiled at you, you had the feeling she'd been saving it just for you. That the smile actually had your name on it. That she could read your mind and knew you needed that smile more than anything else in the room. Then she closed the hobbit, promising we'd get back to it later stood up and set it on her empty chair. And that's what I wanted to end with today. Um, Really short, only six minutes, but I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this Bixbyism. She says, the moment you doubt whether you can fly, you cease forever to be able to do it. What do you think Miss Bixby was trying to teach her class through that story? We'll follow with the next episode tomorrow and we'll pick up on page 169 with Brand's story.